Devil of Agents, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the television show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always... Is his wife, Penny. Hello. Hello. So, remember at the beginning of the week when we were complaining it was really hot? I do remember. (laughs) Now there's freeze warnings in the area. Yeah, Monday we were sitting, and Tuesday, it was 80 and humid out, so we're sitting up here sweating our butts off, and now today it's a high of like 45 cold drizzly yeah freeze warnings out hey wisconsin in springtime <laughs> what a way to start off a holiday weekend oh yeah that's yeah this is the this coming weekend starting tomorrow saturday is memorial day weekend so not gonna be the best of weather for that but it could be worse it could be snowing it's weird that memorial day is at the beginning of summer it's like the official kickoff to summer you always think about good times but like it's the saddest holiday that there is it's for people that died fighting wars. Yes, it, it is a very sad holiday. But you're right. I mean, it's the unofficial kickoff for summer because we know summer doesn't officially start till the end of June. So, yeah, a lot of people just use this as an excuse to party and go and have a great time yeah, and it's a three, vacation and stuff. Yeah, it's a three-day weekend. And in the Midwest, yep, it, this is uh, the beginning of the summer. It goes Memorial Day to Labor Day. Mm-hmm. It should really go the other way around. Let's let's swap them so we get Labor Day first. You know, uh, congratulations for all your hard work for the year. Enjoy a couple of days of summer. And then we can wind it up with Memorial Day and be like, all right, now get all sad and depressed because winter's <laughs> coming too. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. No, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> I don't know if that would fly, but man, that seems like a good idea to me. They just seem out of place. But I am sure, uh, you know, and I'm a bad American because I don't know why Memorial Day is on that date. Do you? I have no idea. I mean, it's it's just the the la- I think it's last Monday of May. I have no idea why that date was chosen. Yeah, because like V Day is in November, I think. So. I don't know. I don't know. If anyone knows, please write in, uh, join our Facebook conversation and call us idiots and send us the Wikipedia article if you wouldn't mind. Anything else before we get started? No, that's all I have. So, yeah, um, when we left off, you said this was one of your favorite episodes ever. I couldn't tell by the uh, title which episode it was, but this is one of them that you have made me watch recently, like within the last two or three years. Definitely. And as I said yesterday... Or the last time we recorded, not one of the favorites, my absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. Out of all 327 episodes, this is my absolute favorite episode. Now, I didn't write down too many fine details in this. Uh, I would suggest, if you haven't seen this episode yet, to stop this podcast and go watch it first and then come back. Because there's just a ton of jokes, and probably after we get done explaining everything, everything will land just a little bit flatter. I would encourage you to go watch this and make sure you've seen it. That's a good idea because there are a lot of inside jokes on here that people who are not fans and haven't watched the show up to this point probably would not get at all. Mm, So I'm going to leave that kind of stuff up to you. Uh, I just got kind of the main points uh, scene by scene as usual. So, you know, just jump on in with whatever you think uh, we should uh, include there. All right. Sounds good. Uh, So the title of this is season six, episode 15, The French Mistake. Uh, we see Balthazar shows up and uh, asks the boys, hey, have you guys seen The Godfather? And Sam's like, uh, why? And Balthazar's like, because you're in it. Raphael is the one playing Michael Corleone, and he's, uh, Raphael has gathered up his powers. Uh, Cass is in hiding with some weapons in heaven. 
And Raphael right now is going after everyone that has helped Cass in the past. Virgil shows up, um, Raphael's like bad dude friend. Uh, he shows up, and at that point, the boys go sailing through the window. And on the other side of the window is not a dark, dreary, stormy night like we just saw. In fact, now they're on the set of a television show called Supernatural. When the scene <coughs> opened, they were actually at, they were at Bobby's. That's what they were. And while Balthazar was talking to them about what was going on with Cass and Raphael, he was performing, getting ingredients to perform a spell. And then he drew something on, like a, some sort of sigil on one of the windows in Bobby's house. And yes, yeah, so when Virgil showed up, he was able to complete a spell and blow the boys through the window, landing on the set, and the director yells, cut. Uh, Stinger graphic opens up, and the boys are kind of talking back and forth about uh, what to do now. Some of the crew um, are trying to figure out how to salvage the stunt shot because there was some sort of glitch in the film. Um, the crew then is calling uh, Sam and Dean by their real-life acting names, uh, Jared and J Jensen. Yes. <laughs> and Sam gets pulled aside and gets interviewed about season six. And the interviewer just like, oh, what's going to happen next? You went to hell. You beat Lucifer. You got out. Like, what's going to happen? And Sam just looks really confused. Um, tries to play along a little bit, it seems. Uh, the interview must be over. Because then we see Sam and Dean are together, and they further discuss what is going on here. Well, Sam was getting interviewed by um, one woman. Another woman pulled Jensen aside and said, oh, we got to remove your makeup, and sets him in a chair. And Dean's like, what, makeup? And then he looks in the mirror and so sees that he is actually wearing makeup and called himself a painted whore. <laughs> so they were both completely confused. What's going on? Jared's getting interviewed. Jensen's getting his makeup taking off. When they get back together... By this time, Jared had pieced, Sam had pieced together what was going on just based on what the interviewer was telling him. Yep. They then review their real life names, and uh, Sam is pretty shocked that Dean is Polish. No, Dean is shocked that Sam is Dean Polish. Dean is shocked that Sam is Polish. You're right. Got that backwards. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, Padalecki is a Polish name. Dean come, they step outside, and they're like, oh, we got we to get our car and get the hell out of here. Well, they come out and there are multiple cars, multiple babies, all in like different, I don't know, different shape, I would say. There's one that's like really muddy and a couple of others. I think one of them is like super clean and polished. It looks like they have one for just about every condition that car has been in because they have one that's totally smashed up. Like that one when they were in the scene with John and they um, got hit by that semi and then John had to put it all back together. Right. So, yeah, some all muddy, some with just a little bit of body damage on it, but it seems like every stage that Baby has ever been in the show, they had a car for that. Yeah. They uh, kind of step aside and find a quiet place and start praying uh, for Cass to show up. And then they spot. Cass is there. They go up to him and ask him what's up. And Cass, in his deep Cass voice, is like, uh, I'm gathering the weapons of... The gathering weapons of heaven, hiding out, blah, blah, blah. And the boys, like, I think they start to ask him, like, some further follow-up questions. And then breaks character. And just in kind of a geeky voice, uh, Misha Collins 
This is not, in fact, Cass, but it is Misha Collins, the person who plays Cass. <laughs> and uh, he has no idea what they're talking about. Uh, but he thinks it's really funny that they punked him. So he starts tweeting about how it's great to be one of the guys now. <laughs> he, he is such a dork. And a bit of trivia on this. The tweets that Misha tweeted were real. He actually pulled out his phone and typed them as the camera was rolling. So I don't know about the second tweet he did, but this one for sure. Oh, wow. So if you were a super fan back in the day and you saw those tweets some night, then you'd see it in the show? Yes. Oh, man. Those people must have geeked out when that happened. Oh, right I'm sure it did. I'm sure they did. Uh, the boys go off for a walk, and then they find uh, their trailers. Um, Jensen Eccles trailer, right? Yes. They go inside. First, Jensen's like, oh, my God, I got a helicopter. There's like an RC helicopter sitting there. Uh, Sam then points out that what kind of douchebag has a 300-gallon fish tank in their trailer? <laughs> and then Dean is all happy. He goes, well, I guess Jensen Eccles does. <laughs> yeah, he's a douchebag. <laughs> uh, Sam sits down, grabs a laptop, pulls up his bio for more info, finds out that uh, he's from Texas, and he was on a soap opera. So they pull <laughs> up a clip on YouTube, and they both decide they need to get the hell out of here ASAP because he was not cool on General Hospital or whatever he was on. Yeah, I think it was General Hospital that he is in. Um, yeah, so <laughs> what's really funny now is reading about this one, this scene too, how usually they put those computer graphics in later. Like, I don't know if the guys usually are just looking at a blank screen or whatever, but they wanted to like authentic reactions from the actors so they actually had on that computer the scene that jensen did when he was younger in that soap so oh that's fun and i don't know if you noticed the look that uh jared gave him but oh yeah like the look like dude he sucked back in the day yeah sam looks over like you are such a dork (laughs) well not a problem dean thinks that he's got a solution to this whole problem he watched that sigil being drawn drawn out pretty much knows how it worked they just figure they can reverse it and so that's the plan uh the boys uh are back on set and at that time they, they notice that everything is fake i think this is the part where they start screwing around with the knives and stuff the, yeah the rubber windows and the fake knives and everything because well they're looking for ingredients to yeah. do the spell <laughs> and one of the ingredients that balthazar has was uh bone of a lesser saint and says like oh i found it Oh, it's rubber. This Everything's fake. Yeah. Uh, so they go grab a car and start leaving the set, but it just quickly breaks down. It just runs like crap, and they're like, ugh, obviously it's just a prop. It isn't actually meant to be driven anywhere. <laughs> so then at night, they're uh, getting a ride home, and they say that they're going back to Jared's place. Uh, this is the, like, I th- like the second or third time too that there was just a little bit of banter about wow at least these two are talking to each other again it seems like in this universe that jared and jensen do not like each other so everyone was they're acting really weird but at least they're talking to each other so that's a sign a positive sign but now in real life like real real you and me real um those actors like really bonded right away early right and were pretty inseparable i i I thought that there was a pretty tight cast and that there never really was some crazy fight. No, there wasn't. And even uh, just reading the IMDb, it says when the producers were commenting that Jensen was living with Jared, I guess before they were married, they were roommates. 
in his house in Jared's house in Vancouver. Oh, okay. So. Uh, so yeah, they uh, they decide to go back to Jared's place. They're really awkward about it. The driver keeps like looking at him, like, "Hmm, something's up here. What the hell's going on with these guys?" Uh, driving down the road, then they notice, "Hey, we aren't even in the U.S. We're in Vancouver, which is where <laughs> they actually film it." Yes, that is where they actually film it. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had a frog in my throat. They uh, get to Jared Padalecki's house, and it is really big and really nice inside. Uh, Ruby is there, and it seems like him and uh, Jared are married. Him and Jared? Her and Jared. Her and Jared. Yeah, and are they really married in real life? <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, yes. Uh, when she played Ruby, uh, he kind of had a crush on her. They did eventually get married. And even that photo, that wedding photo that Jensen spotted on their mantle is their actual wedding photo. Mm. So, yes, they are married. She used to be Genevieve Cortese. Now she is Genevieve Padalecki. Now, that house, though, seemed a little bit over the top and ridiculous. Was that his real house? Do we know? I don't believe what I've been reading on this episode. I don't think that was his real house. But did you see those, like... Um, Andy Warhol photo yeah. pictures, they really do have those in their house. Oh, my God. So. Those are the, some D-bag pictures to they have are. up with they really you, are. about yourself. Those big Andy Warhol pictures of Jared and Jen, so yes. Well, and uh, Jensen makes a comment about, dude, you have a camel in your backyard. That's when Jen goes, it's an alpaca dumbass. Alpacas are the greenest animals on the earth. And <laughs> he's like, okay. Uh, Jensen keeps, or... I should say not Jensen, but uh, Dean keeps calling uh, her Ruby, and she isn't very happy about it. Seems like an old dumb joke that might have been worn out years ago. <laughs> uh, he then stumbles through some sort of hello with her. Uh, Ruby is really suspicious about this whole scene since he's never even visited them before, which doesn't make sense. If he lived in their house in real life, like, okay, but I get it for this storyline. Yeah, for the storyline. They don't talk to each other in real life. And she goes, uh, she leaves to go to like an adopt an otter charity dinner. Just some <laughs> over the top Hollywood D bag. <laughs> I mean, they really paint themselves in kind of a weird light in this show. <laughs> I think they were going, I know when I read how Misha wanted his character, him, written was, I want him to be the biggest douchebag out there. Just some of the stuff he does and... Like when the one lady was fixing with his hair and he just pushes her away and stuff like that. He just wanted to look like the douchiest Misha Collins ever. Sam and Dean uh, go into uh, Jared Padalecki's office and they're looking up places online to order supplies for the spell. Um, they both are pretty excited that they're rich because they're just burning through credit cards ordering stuff, I guess. Well, they needed to get the lamb's blood bone of a lesser saint and i don't know what else uh something about sea salt brine that balthazar used for the spells so yeah they had the the means to get it so this all went on on the internet ordered them had them shipped to them uh jen comes home from her otter dinner and sam asks like sam asks her uh, about all of the natural disasters that happened last year and goes through some details and she's like yeah i know it was on the show last year. How you? She makes a comment. You've been Sam Winchester too long. 
So yeah, there she doesn't know anything about their other real life. The next morning, uh, picking up some packages at the airport, the driver asks why, and the boys just kind of cover up and blow him off, um, saying, ah, don't worry about it. We're just here to save time. They go to the set, and the director is happy to see them there early, and Dean asks for a private moment, you know, could we clear the set? We got something to do. And the director says, no, <laughs> you're going to act. We're going to shoot you. Uh, with the, we'll be the camera people. You be the actor people. And let's get through the day. We're not doing any sort of weird clearing the set right now. <laughs> um, Misha Collins and asks, what's in the box? And Sam just cal calmly replies, it's a body part or an organ or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he did tell Misha, but he was very forthright with them, and Misha's like, okay, whatever. They start filming for the day. Uh, the boys, they are horrible at it. Uh, this is one of those comedy segments. This goes on for like two or three minutes of them just going bad, just doing horrible, and them having to take take after take. And the director, um, Bob Singer, and the, the guy that played him really isn't Bobby Singer, is it? No, that's that was like an actor. An, yeah, that's an actor I've seen in other things. Um... And um, we see then Misha is uh, back on Twitter commenting on them to on uh, Jared and Jensen. We see then the director and uh, is on the phone complaining about him, uh, and that in fact the driver snitched that there's something about um, the driver snitched on them for picking up packages at the airport early. And that someone else then commented that Misha said on Twitter that there's part of an organ, black market organ. Yeah, something plot. like black market organ from Mexico. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're they're kind of speculating. Was it drugs in the in the package? Was it you know black market stuff? What was yeah. it? Well, Misha's Twitter said it was black market organs. <laughs> Thanks, Misha. You jackass. Get off of Twitter. <laughs> uh, then the boys go crashing through the window. These spell do not work. Boys are back in the trailer, and they discuss uh, how this in this world, there must not actually be anything supernatural. No heaven, no hell, no angels, just nothing. And that's why uh, that spell didn't work. Yeah, no demons, no angels. Um, I was going to say something else. Crap, I totally forgot. So, yeah, because there was nothing supernatural, and they had no idea that in this universe that that spell wouldn't happen so they were very surprised kind of um i was trying to think if they were upset about that but because they really do want to get back even though the, they consider their lives as crappy as hunters they really want to get back to that life they're they've had it with all this acting and douchey stuff yeah um yeah when they were cut off you know from supernatural and magic just like the pit of my stomach, the uh-oh, was pretty much the same kind of uh-oh bad feeling that I get any time that the doctor loses the TARDIS. <laughs> when the TARDIS goes rogue and he doesn't have it, I'm that's the same feeling. I'm like, uh-oh, how are you going to get out of this now, buddy? Did you, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, I know what you're saying, and yes, um, the doctor not having the TARDIS. I always hate it when the doctor loses the TARDIS. It's like Sam and Dean not having any magic to count on, or angels or anything. It was, you know, felt very cut off and 
abandoned. They're very much on their own. They had to rely on themselves only. Fortunately, they're good at what they do in their universe, but you're right. They had no backup to call on. The boys are back in the trailer, and they discuss how in this world there's nothing supernatural, and that's why it didn't work. Uh, we then see Virgil. He comes through the window. So it's a one-way door at this point, it seems like, because uh, Virgil from the very beginning, he eventually got through. Um, the angel uh, stops Sam and Dean. Uh, that's Virgil, right? Yes. Okay. And they figure out, you know, Virgil kind of tries to do a hand over the head thing on Dean, and it doesn't work. And they're like, see, buddy, nothing here works. And they just start to beat the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of kung fu fighting in this scene. <clears throat> Another and, interesting part yep. on this scene is when the one girl was talking to the guy about how he says, oh, I am the one that choreographs all the fight scenes. And you saw those two actors in the background doing a play fight scene. Those, I don't know if you remember, they were standing by the, the car. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, those are actually Jared and Chenchen's stunt, stunt doubles that do the fight scenes. Oh, okay. That's another bit of tidbit information that I have on IMDb. Cool. Uh, well, the the whole crew, or not the whole crew, but a bunch of crew members rush in, pull them off. Uh, at this point, then, we see Virgil grab a key out of uh, Dean's pocket. Sam had the key. Sam had the key? Yes. Okay. Very confusing. You know, I just got Sam and Dean down, and now I got Jensen and Jared, too, in my so. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, the uh, director and producer, they're all in an office talking to someone on the phone about the boys acting really weird. Uh, we find out that they're talking to Kripke, and they want him to show up. They weren't talking to Kripke. They were talking to a woman, and that was Sarah. She took over after. She took over um, starting season six. Oh, okay. And was from that, Kripke. Was that really her on the phone? I don't know if it was really her on the phone. Probably not. Probably just an actress playing her. Yeah, yeah but then they bring up Kripke. So, yeah, he's was the original showrunner. Uh, Misha leaves his trailer at night, gets into his car. He starts twittering. Do you ever get that feeling someone's in the back seat? Like, oh, Jesus, dude, get off of Twitter. <laughs> Well, sure enough, there is someone in the back seat. It's Virgil. Uh, carjacks him. The boys, uh, they show up at Bobby's house set, so kind of back where they started. Um, the uh, Bob is there uh, behind the desk, kind of waiting for them, it almost seemed like. You know, like, oh, these two nuts will be back later tonight, so I'll just sit here and wait. They seem to really think this is Bobby's house, so they're going to show up eventually. <laughs> yeah. Here I am. Uh, the boys then call him out for creating a character named after himself. What a douche, what kind of douchebag <laughs> would do that? Which is funny. <laughs> yes, because one of the producer's actual names is Robert Singer. Yep. And Bobby Singer was named after him. So yeah, what kind of douche does that? Well, uh, Bob, Bob Singer then tells the boys that they got to get off the drugs. Can't come to work all hopped up anymore. Dean explains, uh, that in their real life none of this is real basically he tries to give him some sort of story it was a little confusing sam figures out uh that virgil has the key grabs dean and they split is there really anything else in that conversation though that 
had anything other than just the gag of the this Bobby Singer being at the house. There was no other information really given. No, not a lot of information, but when Dean was talking, she says, see, where we come from, we matter, and we save people. All this in this universe is means nothing. Mm-hmm. And like the best thing, we are really brothers. So that was a big thing. Um, and when Sam realized that Virgil had the key, Dean's like, that's it, we quit. And they, so they split. Virgil, then we see him uh, kill Misha Collins in an alleyway. Uh, he needed to call him so he could make a call to Raphael. Uh, the whole time, there's a homeless dude peeking around the corner watching. Back at uh, Jared's house, yes, uh, we see his wife is crying about Misha being killed. <laughs> their their only response is where, and she was kind of like taken back, like where? What the hell? Like, isn't the fact <laughs> he died important? So the boys go to investigate. Uh, luckily, the uh, homeless dude is still there talking to the cops, which I found odd. Um, normally, if a homeless dude saw that, they'd probably just scatter into the night. But yeah, he stuck around and uh, gave the cops a story, and then the boys come in and got talking to him as well. And he heard the whole thing, and uh, he even heard he even heard the voice reply saying that he was supposed to go to the crossing place at the crossing time the next day. And uh, St- Sam says, "Well, we need to find we need to find him and stop him before he gets that key home." I have nothing else. You have okay. that perfectly. Yeah. All right. Nothing else to add. Next, we see Virgil in a gun shop buying guns. <laughs> I just remember though something. Dean did pull a bunch of money out of his pocket and and gave it to him. So. Oh, I I missed that. Yeah. So he gave That's him cool. like I saw a fifty and a twenty. So he gave him at least seventy dollars Canadian dollars. I don't know what that equates to to American dollars. About eight fifty. That's that's a lot of money for a, a homeless person giving him seventy bucks. Oh, geez, seventy bucks. Yeah, he, that dude is gonna go get a hotel room and have a shower and enjoy his night. Have a nice dinner, probably. Yeah, and a good night's rest. Uh, Virgil is buying guns. He uh, knocks the clerk out. Someone walks in the door. He shoots him pretty quick. <laughs> Sam and Dean are talking about how, you know, this might not be, this might be a good place just to stay. You know, Dean points out like, Sam, you're rich. You're married to Ruby. There's no angels screwing us over. Like, this might not be too bad. Sam, though, points out that, uh, no, it's not good here. We're not even brothers. Mm-hmm. We see then um, Bob and Kripke are uh, talking kind of on the set. Virgil walks up, shoots Kripke with the 12 gauge, shoots Bob with the handgun. Virgil then walks into the sh- onto the set, starts shooting a bunch of people. Sam and Dean though, uh, they're ready. They get the drop on him, beat the hell out of him, get the key, and then they <coughs> and then they go crashing through the window. See, this is that this is that opening stinger shot with the broken glass. Maybe it's just a reference to this episode because <laughs> they've broke be. like five windows so far. <laughs> yeah, right after uh, Sam grabbed the key from Virgil, I don't know if you noticed, but they looked at the window and that symbol that Balthazar drew to get them to this universe was on that window. So yeah, then they went crashing back through it. So I don't know if they noticed it, and then they thought, "Oh, now's a good time to try and get through, or what?" Because it didn't seem like they no, jumped. it started glowing, and I it it started glowing, and it, I thought they got pulled through. You're right. I 
don't think that they actually jumped themselves. They looked like they were shoved through or pulled through by some invisible force. Yeah. You're totally right. So now they're uh, outside, and Raphael shows up, and she's a gorgeous lady. <laughs> As we remember, the last time we saw Raphael, Balthazar turned his vessel into a pillar of salt, so Raphael did have to find a new vessel. She then force grasps the boys around the neck, takes the key. Balthazar shows up and lets her know, oh, yeah, that's a key to an empty bus, bus station locker. It's pretty worthless. Raphael's pissed, but hey, now Cass shows up and says, too late. I have all the weapons and you guys should probably beat it really damn quick. There's a really cool shot in here, too, because there's lightning happening. And then you can see up behind him just a huge set of wings. Mm -hmm. It's pretty uh, it's pretty cool. And I mean, Cass looks badass in that shot. <laughs> he is ready to kick someone's ass for sure. For just watching him play a complete dork for the first, <laughs> you know, 40 minutes to now just back to badass. Yep. Balthazar and Raphael, they split quick. Cass confirms uh, that he was actually the one behind this entire plot. Dean is pissed. Well, Cass says he wasn't, he said it was Balthazar's idea, but he did know about it and went along with it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I thought Cass is the one that drummed up the plot, but yeah, I guess Balthazar did. It's a good plot. Gives Cass all the weapons. Uh, Dean is pissed and yells. Cass says, sorry, I'll explain it to you when I can. Cass leaves. Sam then confirms that the house that they are in is real. The end. And what Balthazar, before he and Raphael split, told Sam and Dean right to their face, this was a diversion, so Raphael sent Virgil after you guys so I could get the weapons from heaven and get them to Cass so he can win his war. That's kind of the reason why Dean was so pissed because of the fact that they were just used as angel bait, basically. He was not a fan of that. And then we go back to Sam banging on the wall and discussing that, yep, they're back home. This is real. Um, yep. <laughs> and that's all we have for this episode. <laughs> no, I can't really think of anything else because, like I said, I've kind of been reading the stuff on IMDb as we've been talking about those scenes and, you know, those facts that Misha was really tweeting and at least one of those scenes anyway. Um and that Jared and Jensen, yes, are very good friends. They're, I was also reading that they're each other's groomsmen, so they don't hate each other like they do in this universe. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got completely distracted. All of a sudden, my, uh, my Microsoft Teams from work just started blowing up. So I had to read and do something before. Before Miss B gets upset. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, this was this was a really fun episode. Um, like I say, we went over probably about half of the laughs, but there is a lot of laughs. There really are. And you do, to in order to get them, you do have to have watched the show up to this point to even mildly understand what the, what the jokes are about. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like you if you... If you were new to the show and then you watch this, like you'd get it that oh, they're in one show and now they're in a now they got pulled into an alternate dimension where they're on their own show that they really are on and real like I think people would get it, but probably not all the humor. 
they would they would get the plot, yes, but I don't think they would get the um, jokes that are kind of like insider jokes. Yeah. When Jared says, well, apparently we're on this television show called Supernatural, and Dean makes a comment about, well, who'd want to watch us? And Sam's like, well, according to the interviewer, not many. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like a joke on them because see, this was season six, but back then they were, didn't really have the best ratings like they do now after 15 years. Yeah, that's what a lot of it is like self-deprecating humor. Very, um, very. Which is good. It's it's healthy for shows to do that. Oh, definitely. I think it's good for anyone if you can make fun of yourself and not do it to put yourself down, but just be in with a joke with everyone else. Yeah, I, this would have blown. If I'd have been watching this from the beginning, this episode would have blown my mind, <laughs> I think, seeing it uh, the first time through. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so please, if you haven't seen any, yeah, um, if you haven't seen any, if you haven't seen, <laughs> if you haven't seen any, please go back and start over, and then uh, really pay attention to the French mistake. Good episode. I, I I salute your pick of your very favorite episode. Very favorite. This is definitely my favorite. I don't know how I would rank the other ones that are one of my favorites after this one. I don't know if I could actually rank them, but. This definitely has to be number one. Well, I know that we got one coming up in the future that I think is my favorite, but I'm going to wait and make that call uh, to say that until we get to it. Oh, okay, so. that sounds good. Anything else we should add? No, I think that about covered it. Uh, we talked about the weather. Uh, <laughs> the weather, the holidays, the, the show. It's the holiday weekend. Oh, we did talk about the, the truck that got stuck down on the beach earlier. Oh, that was my funny gosh. when you're telling me about it. Yeah, so our beach is covered in the softest sand imaginable. It is, you know, that that whole you walk in, you know, two steps forward, one step back. That is how it feels like walking on our beach. It is hard. It drags you. It almost like pulls you like quicksand. I swear to God. Yeah, when you push off with your foot, your foot just goes nowhere. You barely get the other foot in front of it, and then that step is only a half a step. It <laughs> sucks. Because we have all this nice fluffy sand that in the winter the ice pushes up onto the beach and then nobody's there to push it back down into the lake. <laughs> so it just piles up in huge heaps. You can't, it's impossible to walk through it from uh, one road down to the beach to the other road. And you used to be able to drive. Uh, yep. And it's always fun to see someone attempt to drive through the world's floofiest sand <laughs> in the world's crappiest vehicle <laughs> just a huge orange huge yellow work truck huge ladders on top you know those tires are bald chicago tires but probably got a hundred thousand miles on them and mm -hmm. yeah a little two-wheel uh not a little two -wheel, big two-wheel drive work truck stuck sure as shit about two feet after they got off of the blacktop it was just <laughs> right up to the axle uh, i felt bad for the dude but you know what I hope he learned his lesson. You got to keep your vehicles off the beach unless you got four-wheel drive at a minimum. And then you should probably have big balloon tires like an <laughs> ATV or a uh, golf cart with a lift kit. Like, you need some big, wide tires to take it on. And so, yeah. It's definitely little... not your... It looked like it was an old Hertz rent-a-car truck, you know, because how they sell those. That's the color it was for their small moving vans. Yeah, you're right. I wonder if it is an old Hertz truck. I, I didn't pay close attention to see yeah. if there was like a logo painted over or anything. Yeah. But. That's what 
I didn't see it because I wasn't down at the beach, but when we were back home on our back porch, Dan goes, oh, my God, that's the <laughs> truck that was stuck. And I looked around the corner and saw in the driveway. So that's why I thought, neighbors oh. Across. Yeah, it's the neighbors across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. And I said, what a wonderful way to start off a holiday weekend. They probably had to call a tow truck. Well, at least they got that it thing out. out. Yeah, at least they got it out. So. <clears throat> yeah, if I'd have had some tow straps or a chain or something, I probably would have uh, taken my van down and given it a tug. I think I'll just... It just needed some coaxing out because it wasn't that far, and I wouldn't have had to go into the sand to get him. But yeah, eh, whatever. Lesson learned. Uh, the last time I saw that happened uh, was a carload of kids that <laughs> swung by to ask Dad for money, and when they left, everyone warned them. They said, "We know your car is pointed at the beach. Don't go down there. Just start backing up right now and try to get yourself turned around up here on the concrete." Ten minutes later, another knock at the door. It's the kids saying, shit, we're stuck on the beach. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Not everything's the internet, man, where you see people driving along acting cool. Ours is just, you just fall right in. Mm -hmm. You're up to your axles before you know it. <laughs> So, yes, if you uh, if you come in Lake Koshkanong, please drive on the beach with caution. Just don't drive on Just the beach. Just don't do it. Because you know who didn't get stuck on the beach? Me or Dan. <laughs> because we were not dumb enough to take our vehicles out there. Oh, that's I, who didn't. I love I, That's our big snarky remark now. Anytime someone gets fucked up, we're always like, you know who didn't get fucked up? You and I. Because we didn't do that dumbass shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're terrible. We are terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, happy uh, Memorial. Memorial. I, you can't. You don't say happy Memorial Day, do you? I think you do. I really do. Why? But you're right. Why would be happy Memorial Day? I don't know because it is it's to purely commemorate. For yeah, it's... to commemorate the the men and women who have lost their lives fighting in wars. Yeah, that's. I mean, at least like Veterans Day, and you wear the little poppy and you go out and uh, thank you know service members, shake their hand, buy them a beer or whatever. Uh, Memorial Day, I think you're supposed to go to cemeteries and lay flowers a lot of people do that yes yeah um i don't come from a big military background family so i don't know who's neither do i i mean the closest i have to people in the military my two oldest nephews are both in not the reserves yeah the army reserves and their father is in the army reserves but no one on my side, my mom or dad's side of the family has been in the military that I'm aware of. And they're all still alive. Yes. Yeah, my nephews are still alive, and my ex-brother-in-law is still alive. So. Yeah, I got. I have two cousins uh, that were in the military, but they're alive. So I, I don't know any dead soldiers personally, no. if that makes sense. But I guess that's a blessing. Yes, it varies much. Varies much. So, now I'm starting to talk like Yoda. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess uh, this weekend we should all probably just carve out a couple of minutes and just uh, maybe do some light reflection and maybe a little prayer. That sounds good to me. All right. Uh, just a reminder, we got a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Come on over and say hi. But better yet, Penny puts together this fabulous website called coupleofidgets.com. Every day we post the episodes up, available for streaming, downloading, subscribing. You can comment on it and tell us where we are. Um, that's about it. That's all we have, so we'll 